You are listening to Mountain Bike Radio. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Just Riding Along, brought to you by ProGold. Overhead lamp. Kenny headbutting an overhead lamp and ProGold again. That was sassy. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, Kenny just headbutted. <coughs> Dirty that was going on. It's just some goldfish getting poured in a bowl. I think the general public is. Kenny's trying to eat a gallon of baked cheddar goldfish right now, and he headbutted the lamp over the kitchen table. Mm-hmm. That's what's going on. If you just joined us, like everyone else who just joined, just riding along. Um, tonight we have really a lot of like cleanup questions from last week since we only answered a couple. Um, <clears throat> first off, Matt, posted, you posted a photo of your. Single speed, the one that you recommend to everybody. Please. Yes, I did. What well, what was special about that photo? Uh, well, not only is it a specialized carve, which is now the Crave, uh, specialized Crave SL, um, which I've done a lot of extensive um, talking about. Talking about, and also I'd call it nitification. It's really hand picked. Um, there's not really anything stock left on it. But if you were buying a, a stock bike, the Carve Crave is a hard bike to beat. Yeah, it's pretty good for the price. Yeah, every price point, it is the just absolute crushingest bike on the market, and I will stand behind that 100%. Um, if you can bring to me a big brand bike, or really any brand bike, that dollar for dollar is better than that, I will happily run around in very little clothing, screaming, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm wrong. You do um, that anyway, though. That doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, so, not the I'm wrong part, but you always run around in very little clothing. But I'm usually dead set against being wrong. Anyways, um, I I really, really uh, did some research. And uh, long story short, um, not to get too personal, I found out that there is more money in savings one? than I originally anticipated um, due to some savings accounts I didn't know about. So I got really antsy, and I thought about buying a new road bike, and I rode a new frame, and it was okay. Uh, it wasn't really a lot better than my Cannondale CAD 10. Um, CAD 10 is hard to beat. Very hard to beat. Probably the nicest aluminum road bike you could buy. Um, yeah, just to, just to interrupt Matt here for a second, because I don't think he will mind for this recommendation. If you are a mountain biker looking to get a road bike, as we've said in the past, don't get a cross bike if you want something to ride, you know, on the road 99% of the time. Um, get a road bike. And you don't have to spend a ton of money on a carbon bike to get something nice because that CAD 10 is the nicest aluminum. I think. I mean, I think all three of us would agree. The nicest aluminum road bike you can get is a CAD 10. Yeah, I actually own one. Yeah. And it's a, yeah, it's. It's a great bike. So, you know, if you're a mountain biker, you're looking to get a road bike, look at those CAD 10s because you can get better components on that than you can on a uh, comparably priced carbon bike. And a, a lot better ride quality than any other aluminum bike on the market. So, yeah. um, but anyways, I have the carb. Um, we all know that I love the white's death. Uh, I was trying to find a way to spend money because as an American who suddenly has money, I'm like... I'm rich, bitch. And like, <laughs> I decided that I needed to buy something. So I, I think wrote, they call that hood rich. <laughs> that is, that was very, that was very hood rich. Um, so I was trying to get, find something reasonable to spend money on in my mind, justifiable. Um, 
and I thought about getting a new road frame, and I didn't. Um, I rode some Roval Carbon 29er wheels. They were impressive, but they weren't really a whole lot lighter and only a little bit stiffer, which is kind of what I'm looking for in a wheel set than my my Crest wheels that are laced to Industry 9 hubs. Uh, the engagement wasn't quite as snappy. Um, I rode some Trail 20, some Industry 9 Trail 24 wheels, you know, just to ride some nice, like, really high-end aluminum wheels. And again, they were just like, okay, uh, they're, they're not really different than my Crest. Sure, they're a little bit wider, but Ultimately, at the end of the day, you said they were stiffer than the Revolves. Right? They are stiffer than the Revolves, and eh, I don't know if I really want something that's stiff. Right. Because I don't need something that's stiff. Because I kind of, and I don't know, just the way I ride, I don't really need that You're that stiff. stiff. Out? No, I'm not stiffed out. I'm just like, I, I don't ask a lot of the bike at at 145, 150 pounds, and I just don't need like uber stiffness. I'm not like rubbing frames on tires and stuff like that. Anyways, I was bored. I kept thinking, you know, just again, hood rich, got to spend my money on something. What, what? Um, and turns out I bought a Nard 3.0 tire and mounted it to a Stan's Crest tire. So maybe, or rim, maybe to back up, I took a Stan's Crest 29 inch wheel and I mounted a Surly Nard. 29 by 3.0, 27 TPI tire. I set that up tubeless, and I put that into my specialized chisel, which is their rigid carbon fork. I put that into the fork, and it never rubbed. Um, I rode it two and a half hours yesterday, and it did not rub. And the reason I say that it did not rub, and we'll stand behind that, is I'm not a little bit of rub is way too much rub. Like, I wouldn't take a skosh, a squeak, a smidge, a bump, um, he doesn't even a like light hear, brushing. Like, those, those like the little <clears throat> like new tire nubbins that are on a tire. No, I cut tires. those off of road bikes and mountain bike tires if they're. So if you're really fat and your thighs rub together when you walk, you'd be really pissed, right? Um, I won't get <laughs> I won't get really fat. <laughs> Just leave it at that. Um, yes, I would be very pissed. Yeah, Matt gets pissed off like hearing my thighs rub my saddle all the time, and he slaps me in the head when that happens. No, you're you're. Thighs were rubbing the sandblasted portion of your top tube, and it sounded like something was dragging. It sounded like a metallic drag. I mean, it was. It, it was. It was thigh on top tube, and it sounded like. And it was definitely a metal dragging noise. It was just not metal on metal. It was like thunder thigh on metal. So. Thank you, Matt, for telling me that I had thunder thigh. You know, I just call it like I see it. Anyways, I would not accept any rub. Any rub would be 100 totally unacceptable and it didn't rub um i didn't burp it it didn't feel squirmy it didn't wiggle what tire pressure did you run? 10 i ran 10 psi and uh it was cool kenny what were you running on the uh the the krampus that you hated uh i was running uh on the road and the first part of the trail i was running 15 and 15 and then when i got back to oxford i dropped it to about 12 front and back roughly and that was a lot more volume because you were running on rabbit holes so yeah, yeah, I was running yeah, on yeah, holes. yeah two and a half times the rim i would imagine that 12 psi on the rabbit hole is probably pretty close to 10 psi on the uh or right no wait, 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 i, yeah, I got that, that backwards be, yeah, i got it backwards you'd be backwards so Never you were mind. running a good bit more volume of air yeah, than yeah. i was yeah so um, matt just to be clear you did try the rabbit hole nard combination in the chisel yeah, i would not suggest it 
it okay. was that's what I just it was to. scary close. Now, if I want to get real fancy, I know what I would do. I know what I would build. Um, but I don't think I'm really that fancy. Um, you would either get a, a a velocity blunt 35 or the P35, um, or you would get a derby rim, and you would build one of those front wheels to run the the 29 fat front. Um, but I thought it was really cool. Um, it made the bike a little bit. It, it slacked the geometry out because it raised the front end up a good bit. So it was cool because I was sitting over the back tire a little more. Um, it, it wheelied a little easier. Um, yeah, I was still running a traditional rear tire. Uh, I would like to go with an Icon in the back to get a, a bigger tire volume in the back just to even it out a little bit more. Um, but all in all, it was cool. Um, I even learned a, a special way to, like, jump stuff with a Nard. Um, it, it, it's really neat. Uh, there's, like, a big bump in the trail. When I say big bump, like a, I mean, like a log the size of, like, a a growler oh, that's like cool. if you had a growler that was like two-thirds of the way sticking out of the trail and like what you can do is instead of like pulling up you can actually just lean on the handlebar a little bit and when like the big tire hits it you can just kind of like squirt over it because the front tire soaks it up and then it kind of like forces the rear end to get light and you just like blow right over it it's really neat um i had a good time with it i you know it was a way to blow some money that wasn't too much money um and it turned out to be really cool. I mean, the worst thing that happened is I would end up selling the tire or just taking it off and hanging it up and not getting rid of it because it's you just... You would just have it around. Yeah, I mean, it's too cool to get rid of, but I think I'll actually ride it. Um, there's a there's some stuff coming up that I want to stay kind of on and focused for, but after that, I think I'll really spend some time on it, just sort of... I mean, not to trivialize the, the tire size, but sort of dicking off and riding it and getting used to it and, and figuring out its real potential, so... Uh, yeah. Shannon Thanks. just uh, tweeted to us and said that she was going to call in about the question from last week. Um, if you if you listened last week, Dan Ackerman uh, had a question about not being able to get his endless cog onto a a brand new endless cog onto a brand new free hub, and uh, she's going to call in and and clarify that at some point tonight, according to the tweeter. According to the tweeter. Um, so if you want to, we can. Uh Oh, we maybe. Can move on if you want. Yeah, let's go through the list. Let's, let's keep talking about tires because there was a question on Mountain Bike Radio Facebook last week from Michael Frey, who said, "Is oh, this?" two more things. What? Uh, I can wrap the nard up. Number one, I went with the 27 TPI tire twofold. Um, one, it was what was available. Uh, a local bike shop outdoors was ridiculously kind enough to sell me a tire off of a Krampus they had in stock, which you know. Um, I didn't ask nor question. It just happened. So I gave them my money. I took their big tire and tube. And uh, well, no one's gonna buy the Krampus, so it's, well, not, it's not a problem. <laughs> okay, but you know, still, I wasn't like, give me the tire off this bike. It was like, why don't you just get that one? And I was like, how about okay? Well, let's do this. Um, so maybe a couple things. When I was poking around on Mountain Bike Review MTBR, um, it was saying that the 27 TPI, or the 127 or 120 or whatever, the, the 120, the 120 yeah. was, was kind of a panty weight, a little bit soft around the edges. It was like a pair of, um, a pair of, uh, um, panties? No, I was going to say it was... Like the racing Ralph of Nard tires? No, I was going to go with something even edgier. I was going to say it was like a thin but supportive pair of boxer briefs, 
Um, like it got the job done, but you might not want to take it on the roughest terrain. Um, and the 27 TPI tire, the thing that really closed it down for me was someone commented that they felt that it felt like an ardent, a Maxxis ardent with the EXO sidewall. Yeah. Um, and then I hung it on a scale and it weighed 1120 grams. So there you go. 27 TPI tire, the one that I had in my hand. And you know what else weighs 1100 grams? A suspension fork? Two regular tires? No. My Ardent weighs 800 grams. A tire and a suspension fork? <laughs> Not that light. A whole nother 29er full suspension bike <laughs> with a camelback? Yeah. No. Um, so, and just yeah. so you guys know, when we say we love the Ardent, we are talking about the Ardent either 2.25 or 2.4 in the EXO sidewall protection version. Um, the plain Ardent. That Ardent 225 can piss up a rope for all I care. I hate that tire. You're nuts. I've been I've been riding the regular non no nothing like like the non EXO Arden like it's well the sidewall is kind of thin which is fine for around here but it's not as wide. I don't know why. I guess it's just the casing they put. The I've never on. seen an EXO two point two five. That's what I have on my bike. I'll show it to you. Actually, is it, is it, is it like prototype? No, no, it's just. I've a, never seen it for sale. I can't find them. I they they have the tubeless now. In the 2.25 with EXL. I don't know. I always order mine from Max's. Oh. I have ordered them from... I've gotten them from Outdoors before. It sounds like a secret tire that you it's have. It's not a secret tire. But anyway, like that very, like just the plain argument that's kind of light. Um, it's it's definitely not a... It doesn't... The sidewall feels like kind of, kind of weak and it's not as wide. Like if you put calipers on it, um, I actually talked to the guys at Max's. That's probably the reason why I got like into their prototype program is I was like emailing their tech department like, why did I get this Ardent that's only a 2.1? And it says 2.25 on it. And he's like, well, you know, we're changing some stuff. And like, if you want to get in the prototype program, here's a prototype Ardent. And unfortunately, they never made that one. But um, anyway, so we had a tire question. Um, Michael Frey says, what's up with my tires? They are racing rails. Could you stop there and just say, like, that's what's up with your tires. Uh, running them about 24 PSI. All the side knobs look are like this after two and a half months. <laughs> and, what is this? I'm just laughing at that. And he posts a picture, and the side knobs are pretty much, it looks like my dog chewed on his side knobs. Really? Yeah. I can't see from here. So every single Schwalbe I've ever seen does that. Yeah. Pretty much. Is a better way to put it is every single Schwalbe tire is a huge piece of shit. I don't want to say that they're huge pieces of shit because that's... I think they're just soft. They're they're $90 tires that yeah. wear out in one week. And if you're cool with that, great. Yeah. Um, but I've used a racing rail as a rear tire, and I thought it was a, a suitable rear tire other than it just didn't wear that long. Yeah, no, I'm not going to say that Schwalbe's are bad because they make tires that get good traction and et cetera, et cetera, and they make yeah, lightweight they, tires. Yeah, they've got some good tread patterns. And... But the problem is they wear out insanely fast, and they are really, really expensive. They are some of the most expensive mountain bike tires on the market, and that's pretty tough to, to swallow. So. Right. What about um, – yeah. We can move on. I don't have anything nice to say about those tires. Okay. Um, yeah, and he actually, in another post, he says, um, haven't been exactly thrilled with the lifespan to price of these skins. Hey. I've never had this happen to any other tire. Yeah. Exactly. You no, know, it's, I mean, to make him feel better or worse or however he wants to feel about it, that's very normal. It's not like 
I a Maxis uh, Icon or a cross mark. Um, rolls fast. Is he looking for a rear or a front? I don't know. It doesn't say. But yeah, like for a, I, I would never use a racing rail for the front tire because that would be scary. But you know, as a rear tire, um, I thought it was a, a good rear tire, other than the not lasting long thing. Um, you know, so I but as comparable to that, I'd say you know the Icon or the Crossmark from Maxxis would be something that I'm experienced with. It's also good. Um, if you want something else that's kind of panty weight, like if you live somewhere where you're not worried about sidewall cuts, um, the Kenda Karma is pretty good. It gets good traction for as you know as light as it is. It's another really light one, um, you know, and it, it won't lose its side knobs like that. But it is you know a pretty thin tire, so don't use it if you live someplace rocky. Um, you guys want a totally different question? Of course. Both of you guys are just like staring at I just phone. don't have it. Okay. I'm, I'm looking for some, some content here. Oh, okay. Well, I got content. Oh. Um, Christopher Averett says, question for the three of you. What types of swag or race podium prizes do you all prefer? Um, Money. Money is always good. I don't mind getting some kind of nutrition typically. Um, I'm not a huge fan. Uh, I think we've talked about this before. I'm not a huge fan of getting t-shirts. It's not, I'm kind of indifferent about it. Um, Maybe a shorter list or an easier list would be things that you get that you don't like. First off, what have I gotten that I let don't me, like? Let me don't, all right, don't give me a cheap water bottle because I'm going to throw it away. Yeah, it's going to be a specialized water bottle. Yeah, if it's not a specialized like bottle, a, but okay, even, so, even that. So I think that's more of like a grab bag, like what they give to everyone. Oh, they're talking about prizes. He's talking about prizes. So okay. First off, let me let me start with my own personal soapbox um, because that's what I do on this show. I give you my opinion. Yeah, exactly. First off, um, whatever the Cat 1 men get, the Cat 1, or, you know, any category, whatever the men get, the females of those places should also get. So it's fine. I know the women's fields are always smaller. And I, I agree with you. I'm not going to argue with anyone on that because it's always like that. The women's fields are always smaller. But in that case, don't pay as many of the women as you do the men. Oh, yeah. Pay the women the same amount, though. So whoever, if you're going to pay the top three men, Pay the top one woman. I mean, whatever. Or just maybe make maybe make it where you say, this is the way that we we will pay, and let's just make an argument. We're going to pay 10 deep or 25% deep, whichever right. is, how would you put Smaller? that? Smaller? Bigger? I don't know. Uh, we will pay 25% deep up to 10 yeah, yeah. And then whatever, just... if there's four women that show up, okay, the first place woman gets money, and the second yeah. place woman, she goes home hungry, and yeah, she has exactly. a leaky water bottle and a t-shirt that doesn't fit. Yeah, like, I'm totally cool. Like, if you said we're going to pay the top three men and the top one woman just based on small field sizes, and you pay the number one woman and the number one guy the same thing, that is, that's perfect. That's fine. And I, I'm totally cool with that. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue, you know, there are some people that will argue until they're blue in the face that, you know, the same number of women should get paid out. Well, that doesn't totally make sense because most ninety nine percent of the time the women feel smaller. Um so that's soapbox number one. Soapbox number two is don't pay out if you're getting cash, 
cash only goes to pro cat one. And then other categories get nice prizes, uh, medals, whatever, but uh, money is your incentive to get better in cat out. I agree. So that's that's my soapbox. And now I'll let um, Matt and Kenny talk anything else they want to say. But that that's like my big thing is, you know, equal payout for whatever places you are paying out. And then um, money, if you're doing money payout, only do that for uh, the highest category. So this is a hard situation for me because, well, hold on. I have one that can maybe piggyback that a little bit more because I think you're about to move away from money. But I did a race where there was a cap. It was a point-to-point race with multiple start locations, so everyone had the same finish line. And the Cat 2s got paid out, but the people that raced the Cat... So you had Cat 1, or Cat 3 was 12 miles, Cat 2 was like 24, and Cat 3, or 1, was 30-something. And then there was 37 open. Yeah, it was 37 miles. And there was a 37 open category. That's pretty much for someone who wasn't a Cat 1, but wanted to race the long race. No, I was going to say it how it really is. If you wanted to nut up and race the big boy race, <laughs> you didn't get shit. I got a water bottle. But Cat 2s that didn't even race as long of a distance got, like, fucking money. So I could have raced shorter distance and gotten money, yeah. and I didn't. Just don't pay Cat 2s. Yeah, don't pay Cat 2s. Cat 2s don't... Don't pay Cat 4's road racing either. Don't pay Cat 4's road racing ever. And yeah. hell no, don't pay Cat 5's. Same thing for Cross. There's now 5's for Cross. Don't pay them. Don't pay 4's and Cross. I mean, that's just... so. Anyway. And definitely don't do the thing. Like, it's always like, I hate it when, like, in a, any racing, really, when it's like the men's payout is way up here. And then, like, the women Cat 1 or Pro 1 or whatever um, get the same as the men like next lower category. It's like really so like that cat one woman doesn't work and train and race as hard as that as that cat one man. Yeah. Shut up asshole. So and what was Kenny's take on it? Um where was I going with it? Oh about if you're gonna do so for example in cat two, you know, giving away prizes of some kind. Yeah, I mean give some nice prizes to cat two. And this is the hard part about this is it's always it's always a bummer. Almost every time you go to races you get like old crap that the bike shop doesn't want anymore. That's what I was going And say. I understand that, though, because, I mean, the bike shop is donating that stuff. Right. So they're not going to donate the newest stuff that, you know, they can actually make some margin on. Um, you're going to donate the stuff that is pretty much worth nothing now. So, and that kind of sucks. I mean, it's nice that they're giving stuff away, but every time I go to a race and they're like, hey, you know, pick something off the table, and it's like, all you know, 26 inch, not tubeless tires. <laughs> like, who's ever going to use that? It's kind of silly. But so I think the best thing that a bike shop could do, sponsoring a race, is give gift cards. Yeah, twofold. Number one, someone can get anything they want. So if they come in and they want to order, well, let's just say they they got first place, they got a hundred bucks. So if they come in and they want to order four tubs of heat or something that costs $25. You just throw it in your QVP basket and then you, they come back and they buy their heat. Well, the other nice thing is it puts them in the store. So they're likely to buy something else. Well, yeah. Well, that was my like cute analogy. Like you win $100, you got four $25 items. It's much more likely that you win $50 and you go in and you buy a new helmet. That's $150. 
I see people. I see that as a lot more likely that you use that as a stepping stone to another intermediate to. I guess I'd call that an intermediate purchase where you know like gloves, socks. Boots, I know. I know what you mean. Those are like bullshit purchases, but like. You know, and I would say like a wheel set or a bike, that you're not going to go buy a new bike with a gift card because you have a hundred bucks at this store. But you will go in and you will order something or buy something that maybe you've been eyeing that you didn't really throw down the cash for yet because it was just $150. You know, and now you got 75 or $50 at the bike shop, so why not? Um, and like you said, it just drives traffic, and that's what you want to do. I mean, as a for the race to benefit from the shop, the shop needs to give the race something that people will want. But then for the shop to benefit from the race, the shop needs to give something that people will want to come to the shop for. So, I mean, it's just, I don't know. That's, I just had a really, really good idea. Yeah. I don't even know if I want to share it. It's such a good idea. Well, then don't. Um, I can see a couple of things that I don't want to win at a white race. Um, so, can you knock it out of the park with the 26 inch tires um i don't want to win a camelback that is from 2002 um, i don't want to win or an off brand oh, i was something. gonna say i don't want to win an original camelback mule um <laughs> no one wants that pack um and also uh you know just i don't know i guess that's really it uh maybe one more thing is tech tees no one wants a fucking tech tee ever Tech tees are the worst thing ever. So you know what? I've been wearing mine to uh, to the gym lately. To well, pump, to pump the iron. That's cool. I actually agree with that. I really don't like those things. Yeah, like, tech tees. They always wearing it normally. They're like they're yeah. They're just funky. Give me a regular. If you're gonna give me a shirt, give me just a regular cotton t-shirt because I can actually yeah. wear it. Or and if you shirt. if you can't wear it, so the thing is, tech tees are gonna rub you fun in the armpits because you're gonna get the cheapest tech tee you can find. And then the other thing is, when you take a tech tee. And then you screen print a big piece onto it. Suddenly, that piece doesn't breathe, and it feels like it's 500 degrees on your chest. So as soon as you go outside with that on, you're going to, like, catch on fire. And kind of to go on to what Kenny said, give me cotton so I can wear it. And if I don't wear it, I can clean stuff with it. So, <laughs> so oh, you know what? This is such a, this is such a great photo. I just so, it on Twitter, by the way. Let's keep going with the questions. Oh, cause I really want to knock a bunch of stuff out of the park tonight. I feel like we can like really take okay. care of business. Um, I think they should do, we should do sweatpants. <laughs> I would wear no. sweat. I would sweatpants. You know, like you know the, the like, like with elastic bottom on them. No, like the the trashy ones you see some girls wearing. It says like juicy booty on it or something like that. <laughs> Instead of juicy, it would say and like got the, the race name. name. Of the race? Yeah, man, that's a good idea. On the ass. Yoga pants. I would wear them. Oh, that'd be mean, awesome. I would totally Anyways. wear yoga pants with your race name on them. Cool. Anyway, let's keep going. <laughs> so. Um, okay, so we had a question on Twitter last week, and I'm not even going to attempt to go back and find it, um, from Jeff, um, his last name is, starts with a D, according to my note here, and he wanted to know about converting a crank to single speed. What did he, hold on, let me just scroll back. You guys talk about goldfish for a second or something. Oh, well, he was asking, should he buy a single speed crank, or should he get a three-by crank and convert it? I didn't, yeah, I didn't remember what crank he was wanting. Well, no, I think he was just talking in general. Okay. And it's oh, a there, there it is. Is it easier to convert a 2 by slash 3 by crank to single speed or by single speed specific? Well, that's a different... You're asking two questions there. 2 by is going to be a weird spacing issue when yeah. you go one by. 
Um, three by is going to be a well, better. The other issue with two by, real quick, is that it's going to limit the size of a front ring you can run. You're probably going to have to run like a 36 ring or bigger. Well, not if it's an XT. An XT two by is 104 BCD. Some are 104, but you got to be yeah. careful that some are 120. Check your check your BCD. Buy a triple. Um, that's the just thing. buy a triple. Yeah, it's easiest if you just buy a triple. Every single triple crank on the market that I can think of will work just fine single speed. Yeah. Or one by. Yes. But yeah. Yeah, and, and actually, like that's a good point. So if you're going to do single speed, it may not matter as much. Other than like what Matt brought up, um, you know, if you some two by cranks, the smallest chain ring you can get, oh, yeah, Kenny, or Kenny, the the smallest chain ring you can get is thirty six tooth. You can do any. You can run up to thirty eight and run any gear you need to run thanks to endless cobs. Yeah, and and yeah, that's a good point. Like endless makes some humongous rear cogs, so that's that opens up some doors for you if you did go with the two by. Um, and it's fun. And the thing with the two by though, a lot of times the chain line is gonna be a little funky. And that's fine on single speed if you have like a regular free hub body um, in the back and you're just using spacers. You just have to measure your chain line and make sure that you know everything is is cool. But if you're doing one by ten or one by eleven or whatever, that two by the chain line on that may not work quite as well. Um, you know, just depending on what you use as far as the chain ring. Like, I know Wolf Tooth, they fixed the chain line for a two-by crank because I actually just ordered one of their 36 tooth, and it said makes it a 51-millimeter chain line. Yeah, yeah. So generally, if you're looking at chain lines uh, for one-by setups, you generally want to have around 50 millimeters is, is where you want to be. That way you can, uh, you can hit all your cogs in the back, and you're not going to tear your chain up. Right. Right. So like the Wolf Tooth components, um, they're, they're 120 BCD chain ring that I just got for my cork um, to use with 1x11. Uh, eventually, once I've both my bikes are set up that way, um, that one is set up to where it will fix your chain line. But if for some odd reason you had, I don't even know what 2 by crank would have a 104 BCD. Uh, the Shimano's, like the okay. XT, XTSLX, I think the XTR as well. Yeah, so if you had the Shimano XT 2i and you put, you know, a, a, a whatever, a 104, just a straight 104 BCD single speed of uh, chain ring on the front, your chain line might be funky, which is okay for single speed because you can mess it with it, but not for 1x10. It works. It works? So it's on my car right now. Is a 104 BCD XT crank with a narrow wide chain ring. What's the chain line on that? Do you know? I don't know. It's not single speed. I never measured it. <laughs> I just so Matt's Matt doing what you're not supposed to do, <laughs> and it's falling off zero times. It's not falling off thing. Just think about it. In in a two by crank configuration, it works fine. You can go to your biggest cog, but you don't want to like stay there and grind out you know a four mile long hill because in we that have year. so many. Because it's gonna just. Tear your chain oh, and cogs up. I love to. I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm just, I mean, I don't know. It works. I mean, if you have like a great deal on it, just buy a small front chain ring. You'll be fine. Okay. Or if you already have it. I mean, don't, don't go throwing crap away. I mean, I don't know. I understand like, what is the chain on that? Probably like 54 or something like that. 54, 55. 56. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's fine. 
But, you know, if you're riding here, you're staying on those. Well, it's a 36, maybe not so much. But No, I mean, I'm I like Iron Mountain. I was man, like, you were camped out in that thing for like <laughs> half the race, man. You that thing. <laughs> this, I, you know, it didn't hurt me too bad, so. But. Oh, just, man. I mean, it'll work. I mean, they say that you can't run a NAR tire on a 21-millimeter rim, and I did it. I mean, I didn't die. Nobody I died. do what I want. You yeah. don't know me. Yeah, I we're mean, going to start recommending all kinds of stuff now. Like, you want to go road tubeless? Just take whatever tire you got. No, that's a big difference. <laughs> that is a big difference. And get some masking tape and cover up all those spoke holes. And just one little square of masking tape. Yeah, on yeah. Hole. And instead of sealant, you're going to use uh, a raw egg like you do in a radiator <laughs> if you have a leaky radiator. And, Does that uh, work? Yeah. And Tell us more about this. No, thing. I don't want to hear more about that. I want to hear what do you do with a raw egg if you have a leaky radiator. Yeah, yeah. So if you've got like a... Does a, it cook it and plug it? I don't know exactly how it works, but something about it like the egg congeals and plugs up the hole. I don't think it's... It's obviously not mechanic recommended because if the mechanic oh, has to man. fix your coolant system and there's egg in it, he's going to be really pissed off. I'm going to do that to the guys at, Auto, at uh, Firestone. Tell them <laughs> Jeff Massey told me to do it. <laughs> Uh, I'm just going to put an egg in my radiator and be like, I don't know how it got there. <laughs> like, like leave the shell tucked into the radiator? <laughs> I'd be like, Jeff Massey was looking at my car and all of a sudden it messed up. <laughs> so, um, yeah, anyways, it'll work. Again, I don't know if it's the most recommended thing, but I've had oh, a little... Look, we got a phone call. She's been on hold for 21 seconds. Answer. Answer. <laughs> it's Shana. <laughs> you guys are cracking me up. And there's a delay. I'm not sure what to do about the delay. <laughs> oh, that's okay. So, so we had a question last week. Can you hear us okay? Um, yep. Okay, so we had the question last week about the guy that could not get a new cog onto a new, was it a Stan ZTR? Free hub. Yeah, yes. that's Dan. Um, and so I guess my first thing, and you mentioned it last week, is you get if anyone ever has a problem, they can always email me. I'm really open to that, and it's just me, so it's really easy. Um, so and what's your, what's your email if someone needs to email you? Say again. What is your email if someone wants to email you? Endlessbikes at gmail.com. Okay. So I have a feeling that she's going to maybe debunk putting an endless cog in between two pieces of toast. No toast. <laughs> that, that we discussed before. I mean, you can try it. I don't think it'll work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um but, you know, what I always tell people to do is to take a half-round foul, which is kind of what Dan did. And it's a pain. It takes a little while. Um, the, maybe I should start with the reason that they're so tight. Um, every free-hub body manufacturer tends to have a different tolerance, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but it seems to be the way of the bike industry. Um, so if you take that same cog that he's trying to put on the stand ZTR and put it on a Shimano, I'm pretty positive it'll slide right on. Um, so my goal is to have the cog fit the most common free hub bodies. Um, and whether I'm hitting that or not, 
I don't know. <laughs> um, so I don't want it to be really sloppy on the most common ones. So I make it a little tighter or to make it fit the common ones nicely so that you can file it because you want your drivetrain to be, you want your cog to fit tight so that you don't have a lot of play, which helps with your engagement. Which if, if you run into G9s, you don't have a whole lot of trouble with. Um, but it also <laughs> helps <laughs> protect that expensive free hub body. When you don't have a lot of play, there's not a lot of gouging. Um, so right. I'm trying to protect the free hub body in, in multiple ways, but it also um, creates an issue on the bigger free hub bodies. Um, so another so way... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no. Go, go ahead and tell, say the other way to you. I take care of that. The other way, and this was from a customer of mine, they were they put a piece of sandpaper on a dowel rod and used that to just kind of just keep spinning the sandpaper on the dowel rod, and it worked. Inside I, of the cog, of course. Inside the cog, of, yes, inside the cog. I don't ever tell anyone to sand the free hub body, which also works. You know, you can take that a piece of sandpaper and, you know, sand the free hub body, but then you're damaging a $100 part instead of, you know, modifying a $50 part. I'd rather have them Perfect. screw mine up because it's me than screw up their sand free hub body and be really pissed at me. <laughs> but you can also use a Dremel. Oh, yeah, Dremel would work well. Yeah. What were you going to say, Matt? Well, I was just going to say, like, it seems that if you had a wheel that was dedicated for single-speed use and you were only running, let's just say, a handful of endless cogs, it would probably be a lot <laughs> more efficient to set that wheel up to work with all endless cogs rather than to set up each cog to work with that wheel. Yes, I agree. But, again, that would... It, you have to let me interject here for you. That is definitely the end user's responsibility to make those modifications in a responsible and sensible way because you're not responsible for anybody's dumbassery. You know what's even, what's even faster than that is if you had a dedicated wheel, tire, and rotor for every cog. <laughs> no, it Because you'd have to set each one up and you'd have to shim each wheel to work the same. But you only have to do it once. So just but you have to shim each wheel to Matt's work. Totally with, taking this seriously. No, I mean it, it, it maybe just to like you were talking about tolerances. Um, what wheel was I running last in life? Okay, so an industry nine torch hub does not. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe that was a different rotor. I might be putting my foot in my mouth. Yeah, my, my torch has a Shimano rotor on it. That's a little bit like the front one's a little tweaked. Okay, never mind. I was gonna say because I took a torch wheel off, a torch like uh, twenty four, a trail twenty four trail twenty four wheel. wheel off, and put a torch J bend on, and my caliper was nowhere near close to where it needed to be for the brake. But it was a different rotor, and I kind of forgot about that until just now. So, <laughs> well, I think the, the other flight. part is, I think a lot of people who I answer emails from, they're like, oh, this is my single speed. I'm just trying it out. Or they're not, not everyone is willing to dedicate their wheel set to single speed. They want to flip it back and forth and 
They want it to be geared sometimes. They want it to be single speed sometimes. So it's, you know, they're just not dedicated, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And that's okay. (laughs) So while we're talking about single speeds and single speed gearing, what would be the recommended gear to race Warrior Creek with? Oh, Warrior Creek. I did it on a... um, 4221 one year by the 26 inch rear wheel. A 42? It was my. <laughs> yeah, I was set up on my town bike. Um, I would say if you go 32 in the front, 219 or 20. Okay. Because it's, it's um, still pretty hilly. I would, and I personally would probably lean closer to about 20. Yeah, is that like one of those places where if you were just going to go out and ride a couple of laps, you would do 19? And then, you know, if you're going to go ride six hours, it's like, I better put 20 on. Yeah. Yeah, and it's really like, there's a lot, it's real punchy, and you got a lot of places where you need to gain speed fast. Um, But there's not a ton of extended climbs, but there's one where, there's one kind of bigger climb, but it's been a few years, probably three or four years since I've raced it. But, and I don't okay. know if they've changed the course at all. Do you think the ever so wise and knowledgeable and grumpy Dickie would have a good answer for that? Dickie would have a good would. answer about gearing. <laughs> yeah, but his is going to be like 36-18 or something yeah. like that. So you're saying Dickie runs the wrong gear. Well, Dickie runs the wrong gear for me. He probably okay. runs the right gear for him. He seems to do really well at most years. No, 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 Dickie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I've been listening to your podium um, prize advice also, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, I stopped giving t-shirts quite a few years ago because I was sick of getting men's large. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't matter how they fit at that point. They're just big. There's no telling oh. how many people in Memphis have bought um, race T-shirts from Goodwill in, in like, <laughs> a big large. <laughs> I think that's the size, like, automatically. So I right. have a question, podium prize question for you guys. Okay. Since I So I swag the single speed class for uh, Warrior Creek, um, and they always, um, they always really – they throw money – at the podium and let me kind of do the prize part. So last year I made Musette bags, which was the ladies were all about, and the guys were like, I'm not wearing that purse. I'm like, it's not a purse, it's a feed bag. It's bike racing. Um, so they weren't really into it, but I always do like coffee and some other yeah, stuff. So this year I oh. want to do capes. What do you think about capes? Capes? <laughs> like food capes? No, like superhero capes. Oh, cape. No, so here's like the deal. Cape idea. Here's the deal. If I got a if I got a Muset bag that had a bunch of cool stuff in it, I would be super pumped and I would use it um either around the house or kind of taking stuff back and forth places or even riding the scooter, uh like a little Vespa scooter. Um but if I got a cape, I would never use it. And, really? I'm a dog. Well, and I think here's the problem. Like, 
it's fun for like that hour that you're kind of drunk and and like running around the podium and jumping off of stuff. But for the the dickheads <laughs> that are too cool to use a muset bag are gonna look at your cape and be like, bah. And I'm not saying capes aren't cool, but I'm saying that for most people, like it it would become very quickly trivialized. But you should do like a cape for the fastest lap, or like a preem or something. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Oh, that's a good idea. Or like, so what should I do for my podium prizes? Um, so I think that like a a hat of any sort is always good. But the endless t-shirts are nice. Well, hold on. I was gonna say, um, like the. I wore mine until it smelled funny. You could do uh, chicken nuggets. <laughs> Like Nobody likes chicken nuggets. Have you seen that pink girl? No, that's not true. That's not true. That's for like Wendy's <laughs> nuggets. Don't get Wendy's nuggets. So for like cycling hats or beanies or um like a buff of some sort, I think something like that would be really cool. I'm just thinking uh, of things that that I have that are useful after the race, also. Yeah, because I'm not gonna wear a baseball hat. Um, I'm not gonna wear a t-shirt probably. Um, I'll wear the hell out of a t-shirt, as long as it's a cool one. <laughs> but, I mean, it's going to be hard for you to show up to the race and have, like, a size selection and be like, okay, what size shirt does second place need? What size shirt does third, you know? Um, right. But, you know, or socks. Um, I mean, socks are a little bit easier because they do come in sizes, but they're... Oh, yeah, and you do the Swift Quick socks, too. Yeah, I only have larges, though. I um, the larges. Yeah. Um, kind of back to what I was saying. Everyone, especially if it's a single speed race, everyone loves cogs. I'm not saying you should give everyone a cog, but or you know. Oh, well, I, no, I always there's always product, and everyone always gets a, a article of product, and uh, yeah, that's that's kind of like my given. Is there like, really, if you're already giving like if, okay, so if you were giving out single speed cogs with a cape. That would be totally cool. Like that. that yeah, would like be if like, you get only a cape, that would be a yeah, little weird. Yeah. No, but I mean, yeah, I, no, I, I should have explained like that. A, a buff or a hat or a musette bag or something like that. I would use that a long time, and a cape I wouldn't really. I mean, because ultimately the reason that you're sponsoring this event is you want to increase your coverage, and if the cape mm-hmm. goes in my closet and I'm endless man for. Halloween, that's not really helping your brand and making people more aware of Endless and helping people or driving traffic to you. But if I wear it, you know, if it's my go-to hat and I wear it under my helmet and I always have it on rides, then I'm taking pictures of myself when I'm on rides and I'm putting it on the <laughs> internet and then people are seeing it. I mean, that's that's but the way I see it. What is a cape that you can ride in? Like a short riding cape. I didn't know there were so many different kinds of capes, so, so I, want, I want to learn more about capes. As opposed to a long dress cape. Maybe a different <laughs> question. Is, is this like a is this like a formal cape? It's like it's like you know a single speed bike race cape. Like you'd want to rock this shit at single speed world. So I have a question. What about a yes. what about a vest? That is the cycling okay. equivalent of a cape. If I want to, if I got a vest, I would wear a vest all the time. I love vests. Could we, could we call it a bolero? We can. I mean, it's not we, you. You can call it whatever you want. But if you had a, 
a, a vest made that had some type of flair. <laughs> the, and, no, seriously. What if you had a vest that had a cape built into it? No, a vest is the cycling equivalent of a cape. And here's the worst thing that would happen with a vest. I would, go, I would wear that vest on some rides. I would go to a race where I thought I had a chance of getting too hot, and I would then throw that vest at a sag stop. That vest would then go into lost and found. Someone in lost and found, I wouldn't claim that vest because it's the vest I didn't care about, right? I'm talking about worst case scenario here. We're talking, again, about the dickhead that got your vest. <laughs> then someone would be like the local mountain bike club, you know, high school mountain bike club would get that clothing. And then someone that would be their only vest and they're wearing it all the time. And you think about stuff like way too. No, much. I mean, like that's like that's how my that's brain the works. Most, like convoluted. No, it's not story though, I've like, ever heard in my whole life. But <laughs> like I'm a skinny dude, I really like wearing vests. They're very comfortable. They do a lot for me for climate control. Um, I mean, I just think that I, again, not that a cape is a bad idea, but I want you to have a product that puts a put something in the people's hands that increases and drives traffic for you. I mean, that's ultimately, I know it's cool, but really you want to drive traffic for your brand. I mean, it is, it is something that you're obviously very passionate about because you enjoy cycling and you ride a lot and you go on rides that Dickie's at and you go and spend time to go to single speed worlds in Arizona. But ultimately at the end of the month, when rents do, you're a businesswoman and you need to sell cogs. So I'm not saying that you shouldn't do something fun, but you should do something that's slightly less traditional and maybe a little bit neater of a product. Because oh, that's a buff idea. And the cycling cap, too. Yeah, I mean, all those are things that people would use, and it would, again, drive traffic and help you become profitable. I mean, most I people, mean more profitable, more most money. Most people yeah. will wear a cycling cap. Um I won't. I don't actually wear cycling caps when I ride because of the the shape of my head. Like they're too low and I can't see. But I wear one all the time off the bike. Like I have an all hail the black market one that I wear around constantly um, because I don't feel like messing with my hair in the morning. So I can just put that on and it looks great. And to give you an idea, unless it's going to be probably above seventy five or eighty degrees, I just about wear a cycling cap every ride. Even when really? it's really, even when it's really cold, I can't wear something that covers my ears because I'll get too hot. So I can wear a cotton cycling cap, and it does great climate control for me. I also have really dark hair. My hair is like almost black. Time, um, if I don't have something covering my hair, it like cooks, and my head gets really hot inside of my helmet. So, also sometimes in the summer I have nearly no hair, so I have to wear something to keep my head from getting sunburned. Yeah, I think a cycling cap is a really good idea. And I think a lot of clothing companies, too, can get those made um, pretty inexpensively. I mean, I don't know what I don't know what you're paying for capes, but, um, you know, hey, you can, well, we you can do sweatpants that we were talking about. Sweatpants. Yeah, you could do. Yeah, you know what? For at least I don't know about the men, but I know for the ladies do like the the like yoga pants with endless across the butt. <laughs> Because I really want my butt to say endless. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because then people are going to, you know, it's the equivalent, it's the endless cog equivalent of juicy booty. <laughs> what about tutus? 
About what? A tutu. I'm sorry. Now I've gone too far. Um, so I have a very serious question. Man, I, I don't know if I could pull a tutu off like you can. I'm thinking about I'm thinking That's about racing. You don't need a cape, Andrea. I want to race single speed at Warrior Creek. So if yeah. you're doing the single speed prizes, is there any way the podium can go like bean pole deep? Like even if I get like fifteenth, can I still be like on the podium? <laughs> Can y'all call 15 people to the podium so I can be on the podium? <laughs> Only if you wear the cape. <laughs> you can give him a special prize. Like, make make some kind of, like, BS prize, like, most improved or, um, I don't know, like... A bacon sandwich. <laughs> like, bacon no, sandwich. Or, like, I don't know, like, the, the whitest teeth of any single speeder. You could give him that award. <laughs> Or uh, most room for improvement. Oh, oh, oh man, Damn. so bad. Yeah. I'm actually really oh. torn. I'm not sure if I'm going to race single speed there or not because I don't know what gear to bring, and I just have a hard time imagining driving that far and then riding the wrong gear for six hours. So. Oh yeah. Because it's like an eleven-hour oh. drive from here. Oh yeah, that's a long way. So, and I have a really nice geared bike, so it kind of makes sense to race the geared bike, but I don't know, I'm torn. Matt, I will, so. I will always stay single speed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm still, I, I think I'm still going to, the draw of the available money for the women's open class is, uh, is calling me, so I think I'm going to race geared. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to go where the money's at, girl. <laughs> yeah. I do love single speed, but I know. So a different well, question: Would you, What about mm-hmm. suspension? Suspension or not suspension? Um, I raced rigid one year, and it's really smooth and nice. But I had blisters on my hands at the end. Okay. But I also so, don't wear gloves. It, you know, oh, you're a weirdo. You and Matt, and you're not wearing gloves. What the hell? We could like. Yeah, my hands sweat, and when my hands are hot, I'm like, it's the one thing I just can't stand. I'm like, oh, my hands are hot. I want to rip everything off when I'm like, oh, just the gloves. Take the gloves off. Your hands get hot inside of your gloves, and then your gloves get really slimy feeling, and then you take them off, and your hands feel like they're orgasming. (laughs) They're like, free, we're free. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I love that feeling. I also have a hard, I have really long fingers, so when I find gloves that fit my fingers, they're bunchy in the palm, so I end up with more blisters wearing gloves. So, what about, I can kind of relate to that, I have this really, really thumb, and my thumb doesn't fit into most insulated gloves. It's a really (laughs) weird thing to say that, You've got an extra large thumb. Yeah, see, I have to always protect my hands with gloves. Yeah, so. Kenny, Kenny has, Kenny has uh, the hands of a hand model. So. Oh, my, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He's got, very, he's got the prettiest hands of all three of us. Matt and I have... Matt and I look like we work for a living. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty ironic that I'm the bike mechanic, right? Like Kenny has like the cleanest, softest hands, and I run a keyboard, and my hands are all like gnarled and bleeding. <laughs> oh my! Yeah. Well, I appreciate your podium advice. Your podium advice. 
All right. We'll see you in uh, just a few weeks here. Yeah, y'all be safe. Let me know if you need anything. We will. All right. Have a good evening. Thanks for um, thanks for letting me call in. All right. No talk problem. To you later. Anytime. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Yay. Best caller ever. So the moral of that story is Shana and I could high-five like 25 times, and it would probably just start a fire. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because you guys don't wear gloves. Exactly. Also, she's a ginger kid, so she's like half fire already. Right? Speaking of ginger kids, you said you had something uh, reverse sexist to talk about. I don't know what that has to do with ginger kids. You know, I don't even really want to talk about it anymore. I'm just... Okay. No, I mean, I can. It just... We have three minutes. Well... I don't know. You can either say that or how many push-ups should a mountain biker be able to do? I don't know. The answer is piss off. I can't do that many push-ups, and I'm kind of fast-ish. So faster than people who can do more push-ups than you? Probably. Now there are some people that can do more push-ups than me that are definitely faster than me. But uh, being able to do push-ups. Jonathan Davis looks like he can do a bunch of push-ups. If you can't do one push-up, you'll probably fall off of your bike. Yeah. That's a, that's a pretty good... That, you know what? I think everyone, men and women, should be able to do one, maybe two full-on push-ups. Like on your toes, not the type where your knees are on the ground. Yeah, like toes on the ground all the way down to like your chest and belly are like an inch or like your t-shirt hanging off your chest is like touching the floor and all the way back up, you should be able to do like one or two of those with real good form. Um, and I said, actually, this brings up a good point and I can talk a little bit of science here. Um, there's a lot of debate about strength training and cycling. Um, I think that there's definitely, there's, there's a lot of very mixed, um, there's some mixed research about it that shows like, yeah, we had these people strength train and then their cycling imp- performance improved. And then these people, um, they strength trained and theirs didn't improve. And really, I think what it boils down to is if you have a deficit of strength, which um, you find most often, I think, in women, um, in older adults of men and women, um, in like your typical 20 to 30 year old male, you probably don't see this as much. Um, but if you have kind of a deficit of strength, like you can't do that one or two push-ups, um, it would probably benefit you to do some strength training. It's going to improve your core strength. Um, so like little adjustments and things you have to make on the trail don't wear you out quite as much. And so, therefore, like, so strength training directly isn't going to improve your endurance, but the benefits you gain from strength training, I think, will give you some benefit when you are out there for longer periods of time on the trail. Um, Help you with balance, help you with um, injury prevention. Um, You know, there are a lot of benefits to strength training, and you don't have to do it, you know, if you do feel as though, you are weaker than your average 20 to 30 year old male, whatever you are. Um, I think strength training is a good idea. Um, 
And I think that it's going to, you know, help you out a little bit, especially in mountain biking where you're kind of using your whole body more than just your legs. Whoa. Oh, sorry. I didn't realize that you're here. My goldfish is an iPhone stand. <laughs> <laughs> so. so that's your answer. You should be able to do a couple of full-on push-ups. And if you don't, um, do a little bit of strength training, and you could get to where you can do that by doing some at-home stuff. Um, I'm not going to go into what kind of program you should do. or like Just do push-ups up. until you can do a push-up. Yeah, like be able to do <laughs> – you should be able to effectively move your body weight around. You know, that's – that's a good way to put it. Yoga help. Um, hey, Fred McGill says, are those goldfish tiny little goldfish? <laughs> <laughs> That's in response to the photo I posted of Kitty. If you're going to, you could have told me that I could have like, you know, cleaned everything up over here. It's okay. Plenty of your chest is showing in the photo. Um, so I found what I was looking for. Um, read something on Twitter today that bothered me. And it not, it's not that it bothers me because it's on Twitter. It bothers me when people that are pushing a certain platform only push that platform in one direction, yet seem to be the same group that uses certain things to alienate the other group. And what I'm talking about is gender differences. And because I'm a white male, um, you can look it up. There's this this article called white privilege. Um, and pretty much by being a white male, I can do whatever I want to. I can live in any neighborhood. I can buy band-aids that match my skin color. I can buy baby dolls that look like my kids. I mean, I don't have kids, but I can buy crayons in the flesh tone crayon. It's the color of my flesh. There's all these things that as a white person I have. Um, and there's something that in my African-American philosophy course, when at the university of Memphis, I was, flat out told to stop talking or was told that I was wrong or that the world didn't work that way. Guess what? As a white man, everything that I'm said is on eggshells because I have to be really careful not to offend such and such group. So when someone that is advocating equality and women's cycling puts this on Twitter and uh, it's a, it's a little dialogue that was a recap of this woman and a dude. And I'm going to use a woman's voice and a dude's voice. Oh God! I did a group ride with over fifty with with women over fifty on Sunday. You must have crushed them. It wasn't that kind of ride. There's always friendly competition. Uh, no, we were chatting, and just labels it as gender differences. That's not no. That's just a dude being a fucking idiot. It has nothing to do with him being a dude. I mean, shit. You don't like pink bikes because they're fucking pink. You don't like such and such because of such and such. Don't jump up and down and bitch because things aren't equal for you. And then label me as a dude with all other douchebags. It pisses me off a lot. And I'm tired of it. It's so stupid. Because as a white male, anytime that I have a problem, it's just my problem. I need to suck it up because for the last hundred years, all white dudes fucked everything up for me. Well, guess what? Don't like make a women's only ride and act like it's somehow magically better. Or don't say we need to get more women involved in cycling and act like you're magically saving the world. I'm not saying more women shouldn't ride, but I just think more people should ride in a more educated way. And if you just ask people to be nice rather than advocating like women see and like, oh, let's get women involved. Like if you're just you're less of a douchebag or in this case, a bitch, 
and you are just nice, more people will probably want to ride with you. And it pisses me off a lot, a whole lot. So, yeah, take that and remember that. I think what she was saying there is that most of the time in a mixed group of men and women, the men will tend to be more competitive with each other than a group of women being. And that's why I say tend to, because that's not 100% of the time. Right, and I get that. But I'm also the dude that ruined probably two minutes of my interval the other day because I was behind a lady on the trail and there wasn't a good place to pass. And she started to act like she was going to pull over and stop so I could come by. And I was like, you know what, just I'll get around you eventually. Like, because my ride isn't more important than her ride. And that's kind of what I'm getting at. It's like, sure, maybe dudes are more likely to drop one another and this and that. But also what that does is frames that dude bro isn't smart enough to understand a social ride. And that's this, you can pitch that both ways. So and, what you're saying is like, she assumes that all guys ride like douches when they get in a group. Yes. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's, or no, not even in a group, just dudes are douchebags. And if you're riding around someone, because if you, if you read through like the other five pages of commentary back and forth, if dudes are douchebags when they ride, they have to speed around you because they're riding behind a woman on a bike and this and that. And that's totally not the case. And it's totally not true. And it just, I mean, it just, it's just stupid. I I know, yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. That's dumb. It's kind of, it's the same thing as some guy telling me, you're strong for a girl. Well, yeah, but when all these people are, like, again, advocating all these, like, women's rides and stuff like that, I, I promise, I don't have a problem with you having a women's ride, but don't think that your women's ride is somehow magically better. Well, it makes a difference to a lot of women, though, because their experience has been with... Okay, that's guys that ride like douches. That's fine, but why is there a need for it to be a? It's nearly impossible to explain the point that I'm trying to make. Is don't have it be a women's ride. Have it be a fun ride. And if you're a douchebag, we slap you in the face and tell you to go home. I mean, (laughs) I mean, the problem with that is that if you call it a fun ride, inevitably some douchebag dudes will show up and like start racing each other. Well, then they can piss off. Yeah, I mean, there's actually the Memphis High Taylors do a ride called the, that started as the low testosterone ride or something like that. And they, they build it at first as a women's group, but then it turned into just a very non-competitive group of people. Like it's their guys that go to it. Um, you know, so that's, <laughs> I mean, but still, it just goes back to like, again, the, and there's a lot of commentary with this woman, like, she wants to just be a woman on a bike, not a woman cyclist. It's like, okay, well, then just go ride your bike, and you're a person on a bike. You're not a woman on a bike. But suddenly, she wants to make a point about how women are nicer when they go on a group ride, and she wants to be a woman on a bike. And that's the kind of stuff that... Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. There's There's just stuff that you deal with being a woman that... I know that you understand because you understand. Like for for any of you ladies listening out there, Matt Matt definitely understands like feminist philosophy and women a little better than your average guy. Um, you know, but there's a, there's a shit that we deal with. You know, like in some places we don't want to be treated like anything different, and in other ways we don't 
in not wanting to be treated differently, we want to be treated differently. God, we want everything. What I the, know. What the exactly. hell? God. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, do you want to discuss that anymore? Do you want to wrap it up? I mean, there's just nothing good to say about it. It's like, I mean, really, it just, again, comes you have down. A, you have a good point. Women shouldn't assume that every time that two or a guy rides with someone else, that that guy is going to act like a, like a douche. Because it's not true. You know, just like you can't assume every time you see a woman that, you know, she can't do one push-up and that she's going to scream when she sees a spider. Yeah, that's like, <clears throat> just, I mean, the take-home message is treat everyone like they're equal with each other. And then that goes for women with guys, too. You know, not all guys are going to be dickheads. Yeah, but you just need to, and and you, yeah, just don't be, just don't be. Don't be a dick. No, not even be a date. Just don't, don't. Don't be a badge. No, just don't assume whatever you're doing magically is amazing. That's really what it comes down to. And and don't be a tool about it. All right. Well, any, Kenny, you want to add anything to that? Nothing. That was really cranky. I mean, it is, but it's just, I don't know. We have this platform, and I can do that because I can be cranky on my radio show. And if you have a problem and with it. And it is after 8.30, so it is cranky Matt time. No, and if you have a problem with it, call in next week and intelligently tell me why I'm wrong. If you call in and tell me I'm a sexist bastard, I'm going to find where you live, and I'm going to ride your trails while they're muddy. <laughs> All right, this has been another episode of Just Riding Along, brought to you by Pro Gold. Uh, oh, yeah, Kenny whacking his head on a chandelier and Pro Gold again. 